This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. We're on the fourth thunder of 2018, and it's called the All Measure, using the All Measure. Now, uh, remember this. I'm going to remind you of this. Whether we're aware of it or not, wor- words have framed the world. It's just, uh, you know, everything, all of the works that you see are the result of words that have been spoken, words that have been um, words that have been believed uh, and words that, uh, that are received. But words uh, in the kingdom of God. And remember, the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is over all. There are lots of kingdoms inside of the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is over all. Doesn't mean all kingdoms are under the authority of God's rule, but still the kingdom of God is overall because it all came from God. I want to uh, go to 1 Corinthians 3 20 uh, and start in verse 21, but before I say that, say God is using his all measure. And I want to call us to remembrance. Perhaps this will be, you know, the umph time that you've heard this. Maybe. Uh, call us to realize maybe it'd be the first time that you really hear this that he gave all for you he gave all for you in order that he could give all to you all that he has all that he is all that he will uh, all that he desires and wanted man woman, you, and I to have. That's the purpose of his giving all for us. Make it religious slogan, but it needs to be a reality. The purpose of giving all for us was in order that he would give all, that he could give all to us. All of his love. Now, 1 Corinthians, in verse uh, 21 Actually, I'm sorry, 3 uh, Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, 3rd chapter, there we go. All right. Verse 21 says, I don't want to hear any of you bragging about yourself or anyone else. Everything is already yours as a gift. Now, the situation that was there was, uh, um, and it may not apply to you, it may, uh, apply to us, but you know we have a tendency, don't we? We, we get uh, when we become the big fish in the little pond. We have to be careful of that because we start bragging about. We think it's us. You know, there's a shift from uh, within the expansion. Of this year, the expansion it means more, means bigger, means better. It's beyond where we are. It's from and to. See, oh, uh, and so the tendency when we grow in uh, 
you know, in life, uh, things are going good, is that we um, we tend to become the big fish in the little pond. Now, it says, I don't want to hear any of you bragging about yourself or anyone else. Everything is already yours as a gift. Everyone say, as a gift. See, it all came from God. It's all for God. I remember taking a whole year of my life, the one lesson that the Lord... Now, none of you don't take two minutes out of your life. But I'm going to tell you what now. You know, if you're going to walk with God, sometimes He'll just... Uh, you know, uh, I remember a whole year, God just... The picture for my life was a little three-legged milk stool in the middle of a great big field. God just says, sit here until you realize... That it's all from me. And it's all for me. And you don't move or breathe or have anything in life except I did it. I do it. You're just going to sit here till you learn that. And you know what? I mean, I couldn't make a move sideways, up, down, all around. I mean, couldn't get a dollar uh, or a dime. Are you listening? I mean, just had to, had to live in total trust of God. In way over my head. Now, some of you are not willing to do that, but I'm going to show you this, that that's where we grow. You mean you grow doing nothing? Oh, something's happening, honey, maybe not on the outside. When God starts slowing everything down on the outside and things get hard and impossible on the outside, it's because he's wanting to do something on the inside. That's when we seek God more. When, anyway, it's as a gift. Everybody say, as a gift. Now, the bragging rights are always along this line uh, in life is that uh, we think we did that. We pull it off on our own. But we don't. Paul, Apollos, Peter, they were talking about different teachings and spiritualities and things like that. You could relegate that down to, you know, the world, uh, you know, uh, our degrees, all that kind of stuff. But they were bragging about, well, I'm from Paul, I'm from Apollos, I'm from Peter. But he says, Paul, Apollos, Peter, all gifts. The world, a gift. Everybody say, the world, a gift. The whole world is God's. The devil didn't, you know, the the devil stole it. You understand? He didn't steal the whole thing. He just stole the lease rights to it. And when Jesus came, he canceled the lease. It says, when the landowner comes and finds the servants are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, what do you think he's going to do? I'm canceling your lease, son. I'm going to give it, take it from you and give it to somebody who will do something right with it. You need to understand that. There is a transition and a transfer coming. <clears throat> Life, death, at the present, the future, all of it yours. It's yours. And you are privileged to be in union with Christ who is in union with God. Say all things are yours. He said all things are yours already. Say all things are mine. Romans 8 chapter. You mind if I read some scripture? Pretty, oh, you know, I know that that's not popular in some circles that we need to preach the most popular thing, but with God and the kingdom, I can't think of anything more popular than the word of God. There's nothing more prized in my life than the word of God. There's nothing more precious than sitting face to face with God and him speaking his word to me from his word every day. We don't live by bread alone. 
by what we can produce and do with the world that God gave us, the air, all that stuff. He said, before you go do all of that, what you need to do is, is learn to get in the steady stream of words that are coming out of God's mouth. Amen. I know when Miss Sandy gets up in the uh, morning, there's going to be a steady stream of words all day long. Amen. Most of them are useful. Some of them are not. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, what does it say? Women have 45,000 words or something like that. Guys, that's a, that's a lot of words. Amen. I can't contain 45,000 words. I have a, sometimes I, I wrestle with the whole chapter, you know, reading a chapter with, with the Lord, God's words. 45,000 words. That's a lot of words. Amen. And men have something like eight, you know, uh, 8,000 words. So it means every, about every seventh plus word, you have to say, mm-hmm, yep, yes, ma'am, yes, uh-huh, no, ma'am, yes, dear, mm-hmm, I'm listening, uh-huh, I did hear that, I am paying attention. Use your words wisely, men, because that's pretty much, you don't have many there's just a few that will get you through. Amen. All right, moving right along. That was free. Don't owe anything for that. Romans 8, 29. says, God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the onset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity. He restored. Now listen, catch this. First. But there's a second and a third, and a fourth. We're counted among the beloved. We're, he's the firstborn of many brethren. I'm, I'm a part of the many brethren. Now, I wasn't at one time in my life, but I thank God that I got born again. I received, I believe the love God had, and I received the gift that he gave in Jesus. I received Jesus, and all, I didn't know it at that time, all, all that he had to give, but, but uh, the first thing he gave was a, this new life. Amen. The offer of a new life to uh, live with God. It says the son stands first in line of humanity. He restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. So when we're looking at Jesus, then that's who we're supposed to be looking at. Isn't that right? Well, when you're looking at Jesus, you're looking at God's plan for your life. You, we're going to look like Jesus in character and in conduct, maybe not necessarily physically, you know, be a clone, but we're going to look like Jesus. Our lives are going to lovingly express who, what Jesus is like, who Jesus is, the love that he has, the faith that he has, the grace on him is on us. Said so after God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. Aren't you glad you're not just a nickel or a nose or a number with God? Say, God doesn't uh, uh, um, count us. He names us. It's not arithmetic. It's relationship with God. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then, then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to then gloriously completing what he had Begun. So what do you think with God on our side like this? How can we lose if God didn't hesitate? God didn't hesitate 
to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition, exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? All right. He lavishly gave us Jesus and with Jesus all other things. There's nothing that God uh, would not do for us. The Bible says in another translation, since he did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, he gave all, how will he not also with, how will he not also with graciously give us, with Jesus give us all things? God did not keep back his own son, but offered him for us all. If God did this, won't he freely give us all things? Did he do this? Did he give us Jesus? Well, You've you got to take Jesus as a total package. Everybody say, with him. See, there's this, this little catchphrase in there, with him. I want to read to you out of Ephesians, uh, first chapter. I know this is a lot of scripture, but you know. Maybe you've been on a diet and you need to have a little... Fat is good for you. The rich fat stuff is good for you. Are you listening? Don't believe that the world, the, the world lives a, a, a fat-free life. Boy, this is fat and rich and good. Amen. You, your bones should be made fat in God. Praise the Lord. Fat is a good term in the Bible. We're talking about biblical terms, not what you're thinking. Ephesians 1, it says, How blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind and had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love long long ago he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ what pleasure he took in planning this he wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son Other translations say this, Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. That word every could be translated all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms in Christ. And, and now, you know, for most of us we're saying that's good and when I get to heaven I'll get all of it. All right. Let's listen to this in the same, same scripture, just a little more amplification of the, uh, uh, of the understanding. It says, Praise be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ for the spiritual blessings that Christ has brought us from heaven. See, Jesus is in heaven now, but remember, he brought uh, the kingdom to earth. And he prays that as it is in heaven, that it would that we are told to pray this way, as it is in heaven, it's supposed to be uh, he, here that way on earth. And in fact, in God's original creation, it is. I mean, you're looking at, when you get to heaven, you're not going to be that surprised because a lot of it looks like here, only better. It's not stained with sin or 
damaged by the curse and all that. And now look, and you can you can look in nature. The Bible says, the Bible says all of nature testifies of the glory of God. God gave us this natural world to live in. We live natural lives full of natural things. That in all that natural, natural, we see His nature. We see what He's like. We see what He does. We see what He has: abundance, lavish, beautiful things. There's some ugly things, but remember last week we said we're not supposed to think on those things. We're supposed to set our sight on the beautiful things, not the ugly things. Amen? So nature and natural things, we see the nature of God. And he's brought those here to the earth. The Bible says this. Let's go over to first, let's go to just back to John chapter. Are you okay with this? John chapter 1, this is the message Bible again. It says, the word was first. Everybody say, the word is first. Let me ask you, is it now? You see, prosperity is a matter of priority. You, you know, David said this. He goes, I'm not trying to get my way the world's way, but I'm trying to get your way your word's way. There's the word's way, and there's the world's way. All right. Now, the word was first, the word present to God. God present to the word. So when I present myself to the word, I'm presenting myself to God. When I present the word to God, God is present to his word. You can do that for your homework. The word was God in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through him. Now one translation, this word, the word, actually if you just go down just a little bit further, it says the word was made manifest and dwelt among men. The word took on flesh. The word, spiritual word took on natural creation and lived here among us. But he's called the word. How did Jesus get here? God spoke him here. God spoke him here. I said God spoke the word and the Holy Spirit created out of that word the desire and uh, the heart of God. Uh, and, and Jesus said, that, said this. He said, you created a body for me. Amen. Did God create our physical bodies? It didn't come from accident. I mean, dear God in heaven, men have studied for thousands of years, still ain't figured out how to fix things. But God can fix it in an instant. I'm telling you, God, there's a, there's a different realm of reality. doesn't deny the facts. It just sometimes when it needs to, it just supersedes the facts. It's greater than the facts. How many of you believe the blessing's still greater than the curse? God's still greater than the devil. The Bible says what Jesus did, what, what Jesus did is greater than, you know, uh, than what uh, Adam did. In turning us over, Jesus turned us back over to God. Isn't that right? Adam turned us over to the devil, but Jesus turned us back over to God. And he said this, he said, this, here's the caveat. He goes, remember, he said, all things are mine in heaven and in earth. I have authority over all of it. And I'm not just getting you back to God. He said, I'm giving you back all your stuff. I'm going to give you your stuff. I'm going to give you all that I wanted you to have to begin with. I'll give you some time to process all that. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life, capital L, and the life was light to live by. The light, 
life, the life light blazed out in the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. Now, in nature, natural things, we see his nature expressed in the natural, the glory of God, the goodness of God. Matthew 19, 26, uh, there was some issue between the, uh, this, this spiritual life and natural life. And, you know, there was a man that was at the top of his game as a religious person under the covenants of God. Uh, and he came to Jesus and he said, what do I have to do to, in, to inherit eternal life? Because he saw something in Jesus that was greater, you know, a, a brightness, a peace, a joy that was greater than, than what he had. And listen, he was a rich young ruler. I like the terminology there. The man had it together. He had it all together. He thought spiritually and naturally. Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. He said, now listen, he said, I've done all that stuff. He goes, I got it together. I've done all that. And as a result, you know, I mean, it's produced in my life. And Jesus said, yeah, but there's one thing still, he said, uh, that you're lacking. And, And he presented that to him. He said, sell everything you have. What he was saying was, you know, Okay, you've done pretty good uh, in the, uh, within your limited scope of the kingdom and within the kingdoms of this world, you're, you've done well. But there's something more than that. There's something outside the box you're living in. And if you'll, if you'll step outside that box, I'm going to open that up to you. And it said he wasn't willing to step outside that box. I'm paraphrasing. But then Jesus turned around and he said it's really hard for people that are rich or have it all together think they got it all to enter the kingdom of God see because the kingdom of God is limitless the kingdom of God is always God's always got a bigger one and a better one God's always got something more so he said with men this is impossible but with God, everybody say with God, God. all things are possible. And then Jesus went on, we could go down and exploit that even further. I mean, uh, you know, he went on, his disciples were offended. I mean, you know, these, if they were poor, they would have said, man, I'm glad I'm poor. See, they weren't, they were rich and Jesus had made them rich. And so Peter said, how, he goes, how are any of us going to get in the kingdom of God? Because we're, we're, he, he said, you're talking about us rich people. How are anybody, any of us going to get in? We've left everything to follow you. And Jesus said, you know, that was just a seed, son. Whatever you done, whatever you sown as a seed, he said, I'm telling you, God's going to multiply that a hundred times. Maximum measure. Not just a hundred times, a hundredfold. He said there'll be maximum measure of that. But see, this is always, this little circle right here is what's possible. It's what you're experiencing and encounter, know and understand right now. The circle of, of, uh, of possibility. You know, it's, it, it's where we live. And it can become a, a, a real comfort zone. Isn't that true? We're comfortable here. We got it all together. We know it. We understand it. We're all good with uh, uh, we're all good with that, you know. And God is in all this. God's always, you know, when you look around at your life, you know, the health you have, the wealth you have, the relationships that you have. What's happening right now? God made that possible. That's the possible. Amen. 
Are you listening? But, there, but I'm going to tell you what now. See, when we get comfortable, this is the thing that God is, very, is a temporary thing in our life. Absolutely temporary. Being comfortable. You know, we, we and remember, we're just a dot on the face of the earth and the planet in, in relation to all that God uh, has done. Just a dot. Just a speck of dust. Are you listening? But oh, how we grow and God enlarges and expands our life in our knowing and growing up in Him. Isn't that right? You started out here as a dot, but look at you now. Turn at your neighbor and say, look at you now. My, how you've grown. My, I see the goodness of God. See, there's faith in you. There's belief. You believed and received, and, and you've experienced some things in God. But I'm going to tell you what. How many of you know that there's a bigger circle than this? God's got a bigger... You know, this might be all we see right now. This is our all. Okay? We've grown and we're the big fish in the little pond. I got it all together. I know all the spots. I know all the right phrases. I know all the right songs to sing. I know just when to clap my hands. I know just when to nod my head so the preacher thinks that I actually am doing what he's saying me to do. I know exactly when to say amen at just the right volume so that he will keep out of my bed. But you know, you can... You can, you can be all that there, you know, all, I, you know, sweetie, I don't deny you being all that in a bag of chips in this. But God's got more. And, and we're in an expansion and a transition out from the possible. And here's where God is. With God, okay, see, we look at it and we go, this is impossible. Oh, that's more, that's better, that's too much, that's, you know. But here's where God lives. He lives where our first view of him with, men, with us, it's impossible. We love the possible. But God says, this is where I live. All, all this is possible for me. Maybe impossible for you, but possible for me. And I want you to stay with me. I don't want you to stay with, with what you have. What's he saying to the rich young ruler? And this is over and over and over and over again. You can stay in the boat. You can stay doing all that stuff. But, the, but there is a God who wants to be known and encountered and experienced outside of what you know, what you have encountered, and what you have experienced. And you have to believe he's a good God. And that circle is his love that has made possible all things. It's, it's either our measure or his measure. And, there's a, and there is a contradiction sometime. And there is a challenge. Are you listening? Where that is concerned. Amen? He wants us in the bigger circle. Well, I don't want to be in the circle. Bigger circle. Well, that's fine. You don't have to. You can stay the big fish in the little pond. You'll see them. They strut wherever they go. You know, wear the big hat, big belt buckle. Are you listening? And still with $3 donkeys. And sugar, there are some sales out there where folks are spending 50 grand on one mare. They don't have to wear the big hat and the big belt buckle. Are you listening? Amen. They're just out there in the big and the better. There's more to God than what you know. 
Oh, but what a trip between here uh, and there, isn't that? Let's read over in Romans, the fourth chapter. But I'm going to tell you, Pastor, now look, I just got comfortable. Oh, boy. It's a good thing I'm up here because you can't throw tomatoes that far. Uh, look, I just got comfortable. I want a comfortable life. That's not the aim. That never has been God's aim, was the comfortable life. Never, ever. Amen? Boy, this is... Well, you can keep all that in the back of your mind. Amen? Remember, it's always there, even if you try to erase it. It's just going to always somewhat be there. Don't knock nothing over, Pastor. Well, I have no guarantees of that. Romans, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> it says... We call Abraham father, verse 17, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint. I don't know why this is bouncing around up here so much. I'll go to too hot or something. All right. Uh, that is why the fulfillment of, uh, let me go. We call Abraham father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he, did, because he dared to trust God to do what only God can do. See, Jesus challenged them. They said, Peter said, whoa. What chance do we have? And Jesus said, no chance at all if you're trying to, if you think you can pull it off by yourself. See, the problem with living in the, staying in the realm of possibilities, we get the big idea that we pulled this off and we can continue to pull it off all by ourselves. That when, when, the, when God made me wealthy, are you listening? And wealthy, I mean, I'm saved. I'm well. I'm here. I got faith. You know what I'm saying? Thank God I'm not like her. Look at her crying at the altar and struggling. I'm happy. I got everything's good for me. <laughs> Are you listening? See? Uh, and the Lord said that. He said, no chance at all. What he's saying is you can't walk with God. There's no chance at all for you to really experience the measures of the kingdom of God like I want you to have if you continue to hold on to your own little kingdom. That you use my name and you use my ways to, per to create. I've kept all the commandments. I've done the stuff that need to be done. Now look at me now. I've got it all. But he asked him, what do I need to do to have the more that's in you that I can't quite put my finger on? What do I got to do? And Jesus said, you got to be willing to... You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my life. You can have it all, God. Now, Abram, it said he became because he dared to trust. You know, there's this daring, reckless love that dares us. That dares us. 
God's saying, I know you're comfortable here, but I'm about to open up a way for you. If you think all this, this is all there is, you've deceived yourself. You bought a lie because this is not it. It wasn't it. When I got you, you were nobody, just a dot. And look what I've done. But I'm going to dare you to step out here with me. I'm going to dare you with an impossible for you. That only I can, that I'm going to dare you to trust and believe that the impossibility I'm, I'm setting before you. Are you listening? This is where God is. This is where God lives. Who among us dared to believe that by just kneeling at an altar, breathing some little rinky-dink prayer, asking, you know, I mean, you, we realize I cannot save myself. I cannot get rid of this thing called sin and guilt and shame no matter how hard I try. I cannot, there's no freedom on the inside. I can cover it up. I can hide it. I can religiously placate myself. But I cannot ever be free. And I dared to trust a man that loved me enough to die on a cross and said, all is forgiven. Come here and believe it. Dare to trust. Put your whole life, put your right now and your forever on top of my word and see if I don't start small, but eventually I'm going to change. It'll be all in you and all through you and all out of you. At what point in time do we do we get so big and, and get and, and get and, and get all that in a bag of chips that we forget where we came from and started and that's still if God's gonna do something new. It's still He has to get you out of what you've been in, out of the possibility, out of the comfort zone. He dares us, stands in the impossible dream that he has for our life. Abram, I've made you the father of many nations. I don't have a kid, God. I'm old. My woman is old. She ain't never had no kid. I've made you. The, you either believe that and come and follow me and let me walk, let's walk together. You be with me because it's impossible with you, boy. But with me, that's not impossible. This is your name. I named you the father of many nations. I named you saved and, and uh, delivered. I named you the healed of God. I named you long and strong, 120 years. I named you a witness for my name. It's who you are. You are the, in the name of Jesus, all things together with him. Possible with him. Whatever was possible with Jesus is possible with you. Because you're with Him. But you can't be with Him unless you're living by faith. Unless you're willing to be the nobody. Unless you're willing to get out of where you are somebody and get out here where you're nobody. But God, I'm with God. I'm with God. I'm out here with God. He's everything. I'm nothing, but that's all right. He took me with him. He wanted to take a nobody and make a somebody out of them because he gets more glory out of nobodies making them somebodies because it's not him. It's him. He is the one. He's it. But he asks us to believe the impossible. And see, we'll assign that because we're so, we want to stay here. 
Listen to these words. It says he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. See, impossible. There are things. What are, what are, you, are you still just living in what you can do? That's what you're in, what you can do. Even with God, what you and God could do. But unwilling to, there's some things that God's trying to author into your life and you, and you don't have any ears to hear it because that's impossible. Well, that's God. That's God. That's a challenge from God. That's God saying to you while you're where you're at, God's saying this ain't all there is. Here you are, uh, su- I mean, suffering. I mean, you know, you've got the facts that say, I'm sick. And God says, no, I call you well. That's impossible. The, the science says it's impossible. The medical community says it's impossible. And God says, well, it might be impossible with men, but with me, you're the healed. You're the wealthy. You're the healthy. You're the, you're the rich young rulers. You're the people of dominion. You're the kingdom folks. You're the loved of God. You're the church of the living God. You are so advantaged to advance the kingdom of God in life. All right, now listen. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Oh, it's hard to believe anyway. In the face of all this stuff, when there's no hope from the world, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, but inside you've conceived a thing with God, an impossibility. Hear Mary, how is this possible? Because in the natural, this is not possible. And, and the Lord said this through the angel. He said, it is not impossible. There's it. He said, it is impossible for any word that comes from God when it's believed and conceived in your heart. To, it has the power within itself. God's behind of it. God intended to fulfill it. The Holy Ghost will come on this word I'm telling you today. And He's going to do a work in your body. And you're going to conceive it. And you're going to... Call him Jesus. You want to be part of God's great plan? Then, then, then you got to learn the language of out here with God. Beyond where, other, where the comfortable people are willing to go. Listen. He believed anyway, deciding not to live on the basis of what he saw, he couldn't do. But on what he said, on what God said that he would do. So he was made the father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Get ready, I'm telling you. I'm, I mean, God has, I'm stretching. I'm, God has said, he moved the mark. He goes, this, this believing that you have, this tent of believing, he goes, I want you to move the marker. He said, I want you to stretch out in your faith. And I want you to strengthen your faith. He said, sing, O barren woman, you who could not bear children, because when I get done with you, you are going to be praising and dancing and glorifying me because the children that you're going to have are going to be more than the woman that could. Because those that think they can, God says, I'm going to get it. I'm going to work with those that say they can't, but we'll stretch out anyway. We'll sing anyway. We'll praise God anyway. We'll believe anyway. We'll prepare anyway. We'll get ready anyway. 
Oh, so many empty chairs. Don't be fooled, honey. You may come someday and there ain't one left. And that day's coming. How do you know? Because God said it was and I believe it. Hallelujah. I'm moving my life with him. Amen. That's what it said. Abram moved his life. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plugged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God. Sure, he plunged into the promise. He just dove on in. I mean, he got up on the diving board of, of what was possible where he was at and goes, I ain't staying here. And he jumped off under, into the oceans. I mean, there are dreams of streams and buckets. Or there are dreams of rivers. But I'm telling you, God has oceans of, of things reserved, full of his, of his glory. As the waters cover the earth. So the glory of God will fill all of the earth. We have no, but we need to try. All right, let me read a little bit further. I've got to finish this. All right, this hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah. It says he plunged in the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make... You know, I'm going to tell you what now. You know, here we feel strong, but the minute in comfortable zone we feel strong, but the minute we get out here is we realize our own weaknesses. We have to face that, but we consider God greater than that. When we jump off to that, you jump into the things of God. But I mean, you know, uh, I, I used to measure my faith. <laughs> used to. Used to. You know, well, I, I'm strong and full of faith. See, you know, and I'm comfortable with that and all that. And, and, you know, and stepping out with God. Now I'm uncomfortable. I don't know if I'm in faith or not. Is that me or is that just you? I thought it was you. I'm trying to follow you. But now I'm as uncomfortable with my comfortableness and I'm uncomfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, I'm out there like Peter, you know, is that you? Are you listening? It better be you because I'm, my boat. I'm, old. I'm out here now. But you can't know Jesus in a new way unless you're willing to get out of the way you've always known Him. Unless you're willing to face the fears. They thought He was a ghost, but He wasn't a ghost. It was the Holy Ghost on the inside of Him walking on the water. Amen? Hallelujah. Now let's go a little further. It says He didn't, he didn't uh, ask cautiously skeptical questions. I'm cautious. Well, you know. I wouldn't want to miss God. Whether I miss God or not. <laughs> because you don't know whether you're missing God. Until you try to hit God. And try, until, <laughs> you know, all you know is that where you're at not enough. And, and you know, God's a moving target out here. But until you aim high and you jump out with God, you don't know if you're missing God. You'll never know if you miss God sitting in the boat. But I'm telling you, sitting in the boat, you are missing God. Sitting in possible, what's possible now, you are missing God. I don't want to miss God. That's fear talking. Faith says, if it's you, I'm coming. The Lord says, come on. Come on out here in impossibility. Come out here where I am in supernatural God. 
Come on, don't let me walk by you and you miss your miracle moment with me. Get out here with me. Step out on the Word of God. Step out on a promise. Bet big and believe God up the ante. Put it all on the line. Amen. That's what Abraham did. All of it. All of it. Amen. It says he plunged in the promise, came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. There is nothing... There is no one that can keep God from fulfilling his word to someone who grabs a hold of that and will believe that and refuse to let go of it no matter what it looked like. If you die, God will raise you from the dead, my God. That's why it is said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. And it's not just Abraham, it's also us. The same thing gets said about us. When we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. Resurrection life is you, is you, is, it's impossible for anybody to die and be raised from the dead. It's impossible. Well, that's who we are. We were dead in sin, now alive unto God. It's impossible with men, but possible with God. Amen. All right, hurry. A couple of minutes. The sacrifice Jesus made us, the sacrifice Jesus made us fit for God, set us right with God. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with Him, make us fit for Him, we have it all together with God because of our Master Jesus. Say this with me. Say, we have, we have it all, we have it all together. With God. I mean, you could break that down into so many different ways, but listen, we have it all. He gave it all for us in order to give it all to us. And we have it all together with God. Are you with God today? Oh, honey, get with Him. Are you still stuck in possible? Are you still living in the little pot, content to be the big fish in the little pond? Or would you? are you willing to dare... Dare to believe. And that's not all. Listen, because of our... And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that He has already thrown open His door to us. When we... minute we say, you know what, God? You can have it all. Oh, I'm not going to live here anymore. You can have all of me. I'm going to get out here with you. You're going to find out when you open your heart to believe a bigger God, God has already thrown out. The door's always been open. Say, I have already been bigger. You just didn't know me that way. You just haven't been willing to get out here with me in that way. You just haven't been willing to step out on nothing but the Word of God. But I'm out here. Maybe your healing is beyond where you are right now. Open your heart a little wider. Maybe your deliverance is beyond where you are right now. Don't quit seeking God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I've walked this floor for three years. And I'll tell you what God said finally. He said, you know what? He said, all that walking the floor was for more. And now you're going to have it, son. You're going to have all you've been walking for. All you've been waiting for. Listen, I didn't know that when I started all I knew knew was I can I'm being crushed in this little circle I got I know you're bigger than this I know you're greater somebody help me in this house today I mean this is a word from God this is something you got to have glory to God listen 
at the same moment, the moment you get re- you are ready to step out with God, God's been ready to receive you. Well, what if I sink? He didn't drown. God caught him. He, he asked him why he doubted, but he still caught him. What if I make a mistake? What if you do? God's bigger than that. God's not going to let you down. What if I believe God and it don't happen? Honey, it's all ready. Happened. It's all yours already. You cannot fail when you're with the one who never fails. Good God Almighty. Jesus, help us here today. Oh, listen. At the same moment, boy, I tell you, I am one, I'm in these movements and moments with God. There are moments when that move is a fulfillment of the word that was spoken. Don't miss your moments to turn aside with God, to step out with God, to make a move towards God. To get out of where you are. I'm going to tell you something. There's sometimes you'll sit here. I watched it. And people sit here and they are unchanged because they're unmoved. They don't even recognize the moment. What's a little simple walk to the altar going to cost you? But see, that's the perception. I wouldn't want to know anybody. I got it all together. See? Man, I come to every day. I don't... I need the day you put together. I don't have sense enough to get out of bed in the morning. I can't even open my own eyes. You kept me breathing all night. Lord, have mercy. He's already thrown open His door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. I'm going to tell you what now, when you finally start to realize this, and you, and you realize the open door that God had, an open invitation to believe anything that He says to you. When you open that book, God could say anything to you. And when He says something to you, it's going to change everything for you. But He requires that you step outside of what you know and you understand. Because listen, God is way out here. He's bigger and He's gooder and He's more glorious than you think. And love did all that and you're never going to step outside of the love of God. God's love gave you Jesus and with Jesus He gave you all things and you're not stepping out alone. You're stepping out with God. He's out here in the impossible. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Amen. Are you listening? Don't consider the wind and the waves. Consider the one who gave you the invitation to walk with him. Bust the door praising. I got to read one more scripture. We're way over time. Five minutes over time. Amen. That's all right. No, it's not. But it's all right. No, it's not. But it's going to have to be all right. Oh, my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh. Mm. This is Psalm 64. And he's talking about, you know, troubles and all that. But he ends it with this. I thank God it always ends on a positive. It says this. Everyone sees it. God's work. It's the talk of the town. Be glad, good people. Fly to God. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, Kenneth Hagin said, he goes, we first, we got to learn to, he goes, we got to, 
we got to learn to crawl. Because we got to crawl before we walk. Learn to walk. And we got to learn to walk before we learn to run. And we got to learn to run before we fly. He goes, but you can learn to fly. And he said, we're flying now with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Listen, it says, everyone sees it. God's work is the talk of the town. Be glad, good people. Fly to God. Good-hearted people. Make praise your habit. Can we, Pastor Ron, come for just a second? And we'll, we'll me and Miss Sandy get out of here, Miss Joe get it. But I think we ought to take about 60 seconds. Maybe double for your trouble, 120 seconds. Listen, it says, make praise your habit. Amen. Bust the door praising God. If you are facing impossibilities in, 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 in your life, listen, you can face them because you have to, or you can face them because you want to. But life is going to get bigger anyhow. Are you listening? About the minute you get comfortable, here comes something. Well, I want that something to be someone. I'd rather God's always out ahead of the devil. God doesn't just want to react to the devil. Amen. I'm going to tell you what now. By faith, I'm just going to ask you. You know, uh, what are the things that you've been hoping for? Got a blueprint of the Word of God in your life. God's painted a picture. I'll tell you what mine is. And it's personal to me just like it's personal to you. But I'm going to, I'm going to put, a, uh, I'm going to put a, a, a big broad sense on it. Amen. Brandy, this is, this is one for you, honey, cuz. Now listen, I, you know, last, the other week I, I pointed out that girl. You know why? It's biblical. It says, Paul, perceiving that he had faith to be healed, went to him and said, let's hook up here. You got faith. Do it now. Amen. You got some faith, honey. Now you're going to stand up and hook up with me right here. Amen. God's going to, all, all of them are going to see it. And be glad about the work of God. You know what I'm living underneath now? You know what the measurement, the new measurement for uh, our lives uh, uh, are for Pastor Sandy and I? Because we've had plenty of trouble. Oh, we've had some mountains to climb, some valleys we've gone through. We've had plenty of trouble. But I'm going to tell you what now. We have our sights on happily ever after. Did you know that's not just a fairy tale? Somebody got that from somewhere. God has a happily ever after for the roofs of this world. The great love affair didn't just begin in that field, honey. She didn't know it. She was going to have it all. It were handfuls on purpose. Easy. God put some things within her reach. But he was trying to say, I got more. There's more. I'm showing you my love. And if you'll respond to my love, honey, you're going to have it all. You're going to have all of it. You're going to have the, not just the grain. You're going to have the field that produced it. You're going to have the people that are picking it. You're going to have it all. I always intended you would be mine. And all that I have would be yours. We would share it together. Do it all together. Are you listening? Live happily ever after together. Isn't that forever? Isn't that just another way of saying heaven? I know, Pastor, and I can't wait. Why wait? Your wait is over. Your time has come. Because the new now with God is that you've been praying heaven on earth. Honey, let's start living happily. Oh, I got saved. Now I'm in my happy ever after. And every good thing 
Every good thing, every good thing, only good things come from a good God. Even bad things, God will turn around for good. Amen. Put it in the good pile. Pray on it and put it in the good pile. Amen. You've been praying about it. Just pray on it and put it in the good pile. How do I do that? I make praise my habit. God, you're good. Oh, God, you're so good. You're gooder than I know. You're gooder than I understand right now. But I want to know you that way. I want to know you. So I'm going to praise you right now. Even this, Lord. I'm going to put this into good power. All things. I'm going to use all measure. All things are working together for good. Because I love God. I love Him not because I loved Him first. He loved me. And He's going to turn this around. for He's working good. Good is working here. The good God is working all this for good for me. Good for the kingdom. Good for everybody. Oh, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Let's just praise God. Amen. What impossibility has been set before you? I'm telling you, God's opening you a door today and offering you the option. You can remain and complain. Are you listening? Or you can praise and be raised. What you want to do? You want to stay where you are with what you have? Are you ready to get out here in the stuff that I mean it's impossible right now? But not without, not with God. I'm going with God. You can stay here, but I'm going with God. You can stay where you're at. I'm going with God. I'm going out into the bigger and the better and the more and the headed towards the best that God has. We'll take 60 seconds right now and just give a God who's worthy of praise some praises worthy of His name. You've been complaining. Listen, you've been crying. I'm telling you, joy this morning has come. The good news is it is. it will change in a moment. God's already made a way for you. Jump on, plunge on into this thing. Jump on out of there. Praise God. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.